0: Let us be attentive.
1: The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord has chastened me sorely. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians.
0: Let us be attentive.
1: Brethren, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I do not lie. At Damascus, in order to seize me, the governor under King Aretas guarded the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. I must boast, there is nothing to be gained by it. But I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast, except of my weakness. Though if I wish to boast, I shall not be a fool, for I shall be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. And to keep me from being too elated by the abundance of revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I besought the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I will all the more gladly boast of my weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon me.
0: Peace be to you, the reader. Let us hear the Holy Gospel, peace be with you all. With your the reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Luke. Let us
2: be attentive.
0: Said, There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, full of sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that you, in your lifetime, received good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that, they, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead.
2: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, many years ago, when I was a little boy, my family and I uh, visited Greece. We had, of course, you know, relatives to stay with, places to see, and to visit. And of all that we did on that particular trip that I'm referring to, uh, one thing remains to this day very vividly in my mind we are the blessing of going to that very famous monastic community of Meteora. Now, if anyone has ever been there or at least seen the pictures, you know the striking beauty of that place and its sheer grandeur to behold. You know, the rocks just kind of shooting out out of nowhere from the earth and the monastery buildings perched on the top. But it is not... The steep cliffs that I principally remember from that trip, with the monasteries perched on their peaks, nor the beauty of those churches. What remained ever etched in my mind from that visit was a certain icon that I saw for the very first time, none like I'd ever seen before. The image is this a saint, that is Saint Sisoys. The great desert father is seen on his knees. He is holding his hands to his head, kind of in anguish, and he is weeping. He is dressed poorly in his monastic garments, and before him lies an open coffin, and all that is in that coffin is a skeleton, just bones. Upon closer examination, there is also writing on the icon, and the saint is told, that is the name of the saint is depicted there. But we also find out whose bones are in the coffin. They are the remains of Alexander the Great. It was clear to me why the saint was weeping. You see, Alexander, the great general, had many, many admirable things in this earthly life. He had education of the best sorts, being the student of the great philosopher Aristotle. He had a famous father who was a king, Philip of Macedonia. He had loyalty and respect from thousands of soldiers and thousands of people. He had acquired enormous fame for himself and was known and feared throughout the world. All sorts of riches and lands were his. Power, glory, wealth, all of these were Alexander's. But after all this, what came? Bones. Bare naked bones in a coffin. For this, the saint weeps over the tomb of Alexander and over all those who think that such power, wealth, social status, and worldly pleasures will gain them anything at all by putting their hope in such things that are fleeting. When in the blink of an eye, it is all gone and only bones remain. Such was the fate of the rich man in this morning's gospel lesson. He was described, as we just heard, as wealthy, clothed in the most regal and soft clothes, and as eating sumptuously every single day. And then what does the Lord tell us? It's a very abrupt ending to his life. The rich man died and was buried like Alexander the rich man in the story had all the things and the great things and pleasures and goods that this world has to offer the rich man was also jewish a member of the people of israel for he refers to abraham as his father but even this having such a noble ancestor profited him nothing because he did not emulate the virtue of Abraham, his father. In fact, he did exactly the opposite. For Abraham welcomed strangers into his home, provided them shelter, and fed them. St. Paul refers to this fact in the book of Hebrews concerning Abraham when he writes, For by entertaining strangers, some have unwittingly Entertained angels. Here the Lord even teaches us that it is of no consequence who our own family is. Alexander the Great had a king as his father, the rich man had the righteous Abraham as his ancestor, but neither profited from their relations. True nobility is not the eminence of your ancestors, but the virtue of your character. St. John Chrysostom wrote this, If you have Paul the Apostle for your father, if you have martyrs for your brothers, but you do not imitate their virtue, the relationship is of no benefit to you, but rather it harms and condemns you. The rich man had Abraham as his father. He also had the law. He had the prophets. He had the Old Testament scriptures. But yet he still did not heed any of these things. He did not imitate the love and hospitality of Abraham, nor did he heed the scriptures, which say in Deuteronomy, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, I command you, says the Lord, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor. And now, brothers and sisters in Christ, we too, every one of us here, have Abraham as our father through faith and baptism. St. Paul clearly teaches this in Galatians. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ... Have put on Christ, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring. Unless we fought, suffer the same fate as the rich man, let us emulate Abraham in his compassion and love for our fellow human beings. We cannot assume anything simply because we now have Abraham as our father through faith and baptism. St. John the Baptist said the same to the Jews that came to him. He said, Bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not presume to say, We have Abraham as our father. Therefore, again, brothers and sisters, bear fruit through compassion, hospitality, almsgiving, generosity, and love. The greatest sin of the rich man in the gospel was, of course, not his possessions. It was rather that he had no humanity. Even the dogs acknowledged Lazarus, poor and sick, lying at the gate of that rich man. The nameless rich man had, in fact, made himself even, I would say, lower than the beasts in his lack of compassion. The rich man would not have been carried off to hell by the demons if love had filled his heart for God and for his fellow man. He would have known the biblical teaching where it says in the Psalms, the world and all that is in it belong to the Lord. The earth and all who live on it are his. And that we knowing these things are to be caretakers and stewards of God's gifts. But he lived only for himself in uncaring, greedy, selfish self-love. He was separated from the poor man at his doorstep while he lived, and when he died, he discovered that he also was eternally separated from God. He lived a self-absorbed life and he died a self-absorbed death. And he spends eternity, therefore, by himself. And this may very well be what the Lord means, in essence, when he describes the rich man's torments and sufferings in the afterlife. This torment and fire of hell is the fire of being alone for eternity, being cut off from others and from God. When the rich man asks, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. He is in fact asking to be visited. He is alone and he is miserable as once was Lazarus upon the earth. The difference is that this state is now permanent. And he himself ignored the man at the gate of his own house. He also now, too, will be ignored. He chose to be by himself absorbed in his self-love. And this is his lot for eternity. As one father described it, hell is to be locked naked in a room full of mirrors for all time. So let us examine ourselves today, brothers and sisters, and etch this sobering parable on our hearts. Let us stop building that prison of self-love for ourselves right now, at this very moment, while we still have the time that God has given us. Begin tearing down those mirrors by turning outward and asking, what does the other need? What should I be doing for my brothers and sisters in Christ? How can I serve my church? Look to your spouses and to your children, brothers and sisters in Christ, to your church family, to find out their needs and then act accordingly. Your participation in and support of this beautiful parish means you yourself actively fulfill the law of Christ, which is none other than the law of love. Then when that sudden and unexpected hour comes, the angels may gather our souls and carry us off to the bosom of Abraham like poor but righteous Lazarus to be with the Lord and with one another forever enjoying those ineffable good things which eye has not seen nor ear heard. May we all attain to these blessed things by the grace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please rise.